Content warning, this episode includes intense scenes of interrogation. We are the 12-sided guys. We've got Matt as Pine. Hi. Scott as Roos. That's me. Jordan as Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. And Paul as the guy that will eventually cause a TPK. Hi. We're glad you're back. I'm assuming if you're still listening at this point, then you must be picking up what we're putting down. So thank you for that. If you want to support our show, you can head over to patreon.com slash 12sidedguys. That's one, two-sided guys. We got some extra content for our patrons, but if you just want to show us some love, maybe buy us a donut or something, you can do that too. And if your best dance moves have names like Water Rondo, Dusk Requiem, and Snowman Jazz, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 11. I want a donut now. <laughs> Me too. Please buy us a donut. Sabrina wants a donut. <laughs> Donuts, please, please. I'm really hungry. <laughs> All right. Okay. <clears throat> the designated operator says march, and this one marches. The designated operator says move rocks, and this one moves rocks. The designated operator says escort him into the tunnel. And this one and three more of this one's kind go into the tunnel. Deacon, this one has difficulty with this term, but this one cannot calculate the reason. Others of this one's kind possess similar deficits. Curious, this one will consider this deficit should a designated operator command it. Digression, for now, the tunnel. There is no difference. March, protect, patrol, kill. Commands from a designated operator are to be obeyed. Chancellor Ramsey is a designated operator. He commands enter the tunnel. This one enters the tunnel. Curious. Traveling within the tunnel, Chancellor Ramsey communicates verbally, but it seems he speaks to himself. This one will keep a record for further evaluation should it be commanded. Could it be? Of course it was inevitable, but I did not expect it to be today. After so long. Other utterances are said, but too quietly for this one to interpret. Query. Were unintelligible utterances spoken in a language other than Amerian or Ustranian? Curious, but not to be considered unless commanded by a designated operator. The tunnel opens into a large room of dressed stone with approximately 30-foot ceilings. A large construct lies near the tunnel mouth. Tarnished metal plate is dented and in many places missing. <laughs> Error. A split-second distortion evokes sensation in this one's mind. This one recalls a similar large construct, but in functioning condition, standing at 19 feet, copper and brass carapace plates reflecting light. Curious. A glitch? A... memory? This one regards the three others of its kind in the chamber. This one cannot discern if the others experienced a similar sensation. A point to be considered later, should it be commanded by a designated operator, of course. Chancellor Ramsey takes keen interest in the contraption in the center of the room. It would appear to be a metal stand designed to hold a particular object which is not currently present. No command given. This one adopts its predetermined protection protocol. The three others of this one's kind also adopt the protection protocol. Minutes pass. No movement in the room. An hour passes. 
no movement from the Chancellor. This one considers allowing a moment to consider the... memory, and its ramifications. This one quells that consideration. Watch, protect, await further command from a designated operator. Sudden movement detected by this one's ocular lens. Intruders in the cave, this one calls, as is required within the protection protocol whenever unexpected movement is detected. Chancellor Ramsey commands this one to investigate with one other of its kind. Deacon. Why can this one not accept the designation Deacon? A query to be considered at another time. This one and the other Deacon move through the hall into the dark room containing derelict furniture. Movement. The other Deacon is attacked. This one observes for signs of the assailant. Movement detected. Three. No, four unknown persons in the room. Curious. Time seems to slow as this one swings this one's halberd at the nearest assailant, a man with a short sword and mustache. Danger. An explosion from the other room is followed a few seconds later by a brighter flash of light and a wave of heat that radiates from the larger room. This one experiences fear at the realization that this one is the last operating... Deacon. This one seeks an assailant to... There's a click which reverberates through this one's head. Pain. Searing pain. Lances through this one's body, which glows cherry with heat. Aural functions are inhibited by the squeal of superheated metal and the inner scream of agony in my... in this one's own mind. This one has not been configured for self-preservation and fights on. Danger. Chancellor Ramsey is hit by the elderly assailant with the saber and cane and has fallen to the ground. Protection protocol dictates that this one must get to the designated operator. Warning. Distorted vision. This one's lenses have cracked. No more. Danger. This one's metal body cannot last under such extreme heat. Vision non-functional. Hearing nullified by the high-pitched squeal. Realization. This one's existence is soon to be over. A thought. Unauthorized. Authorization overridden. This one cannot call itself a deacon because this one... No. I am not a deacon. I am more. So much more. I must be. Pop. Okay, there we go. I don't know if that made any sense. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I feel so Man. bad now. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh. Okay, I guess you guys all got the gist of what was going on there in that whole, uh, that whole sitch. Okay. A little quick recap. Obviously, that was from the view of one of these deacons that you just recently fought here in this crystal pizza shield chamber. Um, <laughs> it's a Papa Murphy's. It's a Papa Murphy's. Right, maybe someday they'll actually like sponsor us. That'd be awesome. All right. They're right there in town. I love me some town. Smurfs. <laughs> yes, Papa Smurfies. Okay. Chancellor Ramsey has just been taken down. As you recall... He was uh, struck down by Pine after causing all of the deacons in the room that were with him to one after another superheat and then explode, dealing damage to each of you. Um, he cast a fireball at one point, but you managed to knock him out. Well, actually, you managed to take him down and then stabilize him as he was bleeding. And that is where we are. This is the beginning of Chapter 2 of the Crystal Codex. What does Nari and the boys do? Can I first say that I really appreciate that you're calling us Nari and the boys? Hey, we said we were going to do it. Yeah, that's our <laughs> official group name. I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
okay as soon as soon as pine is sure that uh that uh the chancellor is um still breathing um i think he's going to try to separate him from any possible spell casting um items okay so you're gonna start searching through his uh, belongings yeah like if he has like a rod or a book or a component pouch or something D D okay. spell casting focus um uh, pine wants to get that away from him okay um yeah so you actually it's pretty easy to find a lot of his stuff he's got like a a, a, a satchel around his waist um the first thing you do is you pull that off um and then you notice that a couple things that he's got like on him um he's wearing his nice clothing he's got like a um a uh, uh, a clasp that holds his cape on uh, he's got a pouch along his belt that has like money in it probably um and uh he's you know he's only got the one arm but he's wearing like kind of cold weather clothing because he's got like a glove on um if you want to investigate any further or make any kind of deductions about other things that might be on him i'm going to need you to make either a an investigation check or a perception check all right uh pine will make a perception check as in that one for four you're pretty sure that you got everything of importance. Okay. I Ebby is also going to do a perception check, and he got a 22. Okay. Um, Ebby, as you are looking at um, at him, uh, you you determine it's probably best to turn out his pockets um, and not just grab the uh, grab the satchel. And Ebby, as you are reaching into his pockets, you start patting around, and you see that in his jacket pocket. You pull out a uh, a small little uh, crystal, um, and I want to say this one is clear. Um, it looks less like the well. It looks uh, like a crystal that you guys have been using, but it's it's small. It's it's cut and and shaped, and it's not like a naturally formed crystal. It's more like a decorative crystal that he had in his pocket. And um, with your twenty two perception, uh, you can see that his boots. Um, they have like fur trim around them. They look really nice. And um, the glove that he's wearing actually has like some gold stitching uh, on the back of the of the of the hand. Uh, perfect. I think I am actually going to. Given the fact that I'm noticing the higher quality of some of those items, I'm going to go ahead and start removing the gloves and the boots and the crystal from him. OK, and Abby's just going to start kind of stashing those away just I, I don't know if do i sense passively whether there's magic emanating from any of these can you cast uh, detect magic i do not yet have that spell okay then uh no it, it, they just look nice okay better safe than sorry okay ebby will do that um and then um i think ebby will then turn to pine and say Perhaps we should get him back into the other room so we can interrogate him a bit further. I'm going to set up some sort of a guard here so that way we can have a bit of time with him alone. Well, uh, why don't we take him clear back past the spider room and we can lock the door behind us by moving those crystals? That's a brilliant idea. Russell will walk up and, and um, pull out his manacles and notice that uh, Ramsey is missing an arm and, and then decide to handcuff him by his ankles so he'll cuff his ankles together okay and he'll as as ebby and pine are talking bruce will say 
I think we should leave him here in this room. He clearly wanted something with with the the disc with all the colors on it. Maybe he can tell us what he was after. Yes, but I'm just worried that we've only seen deacons down here. He traveled with a, a fairly large contingent of soldiers as well. They may come looking for him. Okay, I see the logic. Yeah, we can go back to that other room. Question, did you manacle his feet before or after Ebby took the boots? Uh, this would have been after. Okay. I think Nari would actually like to go back into this other room and kind of search through, like, the desks and stuff. Okay. Um, And just kind of see if she can get a better sense of where they're at and what this place is. Kind of that study um, that you were in before with the bookcases and the desks and things where you tried yeah. to hide. And... Yeah, where yeah, we're okay, kind of hiding under a desk. <laughs> yeah. That was great. So gracefully. You guys all, your hide checks were so terrible and the deacons walked right past you because their perceptions were <laughs> even worse. All right. So Nari goes into this other, uh, this other study uh, with, these, uh, with these bookcases and, and desks and she decides to start uh, rifling through things uh, again. So what's everybody else doing? Uh, I guess Pine is going to try to get Ebby's and Roos's help to, to kind of pick up the unconscious body of, the, of Chancellor Ramsey and start carrying him out. Okay. Yeah, Roos will assist him and, and carry Ramsey. Yeah. As we're heading out, is there anything left of the deacons that we fought, or are they pretty much just like smoldering rubble at this point? There is really nothing left. It's like you can find no piece really bigger than a playing card. Got it. Okay. I'm so sorry, Ebby. You know, it's fine. It's the, honestly, it is the way of nature. They fought us and the strong will survive. Yeah, well, they, they fought us, yes, but their supposed ally turned them into, not even just cannon fodder, turned them into ammunition. It feels like it's some sort of sin that he has committed here. Agreed. If if they are at all anything like me, sentient but trapped in their form, then what he has done is an abomination. We have no reason to believe that they are sentient. I mean, they, they follow orders without question. I think you're a one-off. There's, there's no way they're anything like you. In a way, I almost hope that you're right. It's just that the voice that I've spoken with, Neum, has told me that I should try to awaken them, so... I can't help but think that there might be more to them. I don't think this should stand. Paul, I have a question for you. Yes. Would I be familiar? I mean, we've been referring to him as the Chancellor for a while, and none of us have ever asked what Chancellor means and where he fits in the overall hierarchy of the Empire. Would we know that? Can I like make a history check or something? Oh, yeah, go ahead and make a history check. Okay. There are some things that you've probably already deduced. Uh, I, I got a 10 on my history check. Okay. Roos got a 17 on his history. Okay. Um, Pine, you're not so sure. I mean, basically, I'm just going to make an assumption what you as Matt have already deduced, that um, he's obviously important to command soldiers, right? Mm -hmm. um, Roos, with your 17, though, you... you the, the, the empire is run by, at this point, an emperor. Um, so... The empire was originally um, the original uh, leader of the empire was an empress named Empress Celeste, and she ruled for I want to say twenty five years somewhere around there. And then she, upon dying, her daughter became the next empress, and her name was 
Empress Terran. And she only uh, served as the Empress for um, not even a year before she she got some kind of a wasting disease and died. This is all, this is, I'm not gonna say general knowledge, but with a 17, this is all stuff that you've gleaned in your time working in the empire, working with Imperial soldiers, that kind of thing. Um, the current um, leader of the empire um, is the emperor. This is the son of the Empress Terran. And it is a, um, uh, his name is Emperor, um, where is he? Emperor uh, Gantanius I. So it was Empress Celeste the First, Empress Terran the First, and now Emperor Gantanius the First. Um, so, um, but that didn't answer your question. Uh, Chancellor is some kind of an advisor to the um, to the leader of the empire. So, as far as you have heard, Rus, um, you've never heard of there being like chancellors, but you've heard of a chancellor. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that this is the only one, but um, you've always ever heard chancellor being used in the singular. Okay. I'll explain that briefly to Pine as we're walking and, and taking him to the, the other room in this shrine. And I'll say, look, guys, we can't let him live. Whatever we decide after we've talked to him and the information that we've gleaned, we have to kill him. Well, do we have to kill him, or can we present him as a prisoner to fallen heaven? He seems like he'd be invaluable to to their cause. He could be an, a negotiating chip that the fallen heavens people may be able to negotiate to release important prisoners or others of their kind. Either way, it'd be a huge blow to the Empire. I agree with you, Roos. I'm just wondering if Kira and her people would be able to make good use of the intelligence he could provide. We can ask her if, if that's the route you guys want to take, but I do not like that he's seen my face. So, Nari, everybody just kind of wanders past you as you're rifling through desks. Um, Nari, why don't you make a quick investigation check and see if you manage to find anything more that may have been missed on your first go around here about a week ago. Alrighty, I got a 17. A 17? Um, as you are kind of looking around, you see that the desk that you had tried to hide under, um, and remember, you were just kind of too big. It was kind of balancing on your back and wobbling around, and the deacons were still just too... I don't know what you're talking about. It worked great. <laughs> you were totally hidden. You know, it you was know what? fine. Fair point. You were hidden because they did not see you. So that is the that is the definition of hidden. Um, okay. Um, but you, you're looking around, and you see that... Um, like one of the drawers had kind of fallen out as you were scrambling around under the desk. And um, you see that they're back behind the door. It looks like it had fallen back behind. You see like a, um, a very old um, wooden box. And when you pull it out and open it up, you actually find not crystals, but you actually find like precious gems. Nice. So you actually end up finding, um, you find uh, 150 gold pieces worth of diamonds. Woot. Okay, I will toss that in my pocket there you go and everybody else walked past you so they are your diamonds sure beats the three gold pieces worth of yellow crystals you found earlier <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm just gonna pocket these and uh catch up and you know find the guys all right very good yeah you guys wander through the uh through the uh, narrow hallways up through the flooded room um, past the spider husks 
down the narrow passage that now is the the spider webs you guys have moved through here again and again uh the spider webs are pretty much they're still in the corners but they've pretty much cleared out and they're they're disintegrating anyway back to the room that has the two alcoves with the statues the one in the south now um the robotic form um with its hands out uh, outstretched with the crystals resting in it and you set down uh chancellor ramsey there in the uh in that main room ebby will go back and take the crystals out of the hands of the statue so that way that passage closes up perfect now we need to decide what to do with him. We've had two suggestions. Kill him here, after we ask some questions, or turn him over to fallen heaven. Let's decide what to do before we wake him up. Nari, do you think you could reach out to, to Kira and see what she would like? Get her input? Absolutely, yeah. I can I can pull out my cell stone and give her a call. So I will pull that out and start talking. <laughs> You've got 25 words. Kira, we have captured the Chancellor. We will question him. Should we keep him alive and bring him to you? Or dispose of him ourselves? Please advise. I think you got to, if my, uh, if my um, counting was right, you got to please. So that was really good. Okay. So Okay. So, um, you, uh, you wait for a second and then you hear a response and it's definitely Kira's voice. And she says, Chancellor Ramsey, a prisoner. He is too valuable. We need him. We need what he knows. We need to meet. Get safe. I'll call later. And then the message ends. Okay. Um, while we're doing this, um, Pine will be using his rope to kind of try to tie his his arm down as well. I know we his, his feet are manacled, but I wanted to uh, kind of maybe use my rope to tie his hand down to the manacles as well and kind of hog tie him. Easy enough. Bruce will also, since this is basically one of the things that he does with his profession, he'll pull out a burlap sack that he carries and pull it over the chancellor's head and tie it loosely around his neck so that he can't see. Okay. What kind of questions should we ask him? Well, I, for one, would love to understand what he did to me and to my kind. What his fascination is with this place. Perhaps what he knows about this crystal pizza shield. <laughs> Every time. Only ten ninety nine. Hey, I, I agree. But, Ebby, I'm very worried about what kind of mm, control he might be able to exert over you. It might be best to keep some distance. Um, he seemed to be able to make your fellow deacons explode quite simply. Without, without touching them or anything. Yes, I, I can understand your concern. I think perhaps one thing that we could consider is I could hide in the alcove just south of us and listen in as you interrogate him. We don't have to take this mask off of him. He doesn't have to know that you're here. 
yeah, we're going to be keeping him around for at least the next little bit. So I think it's really important to keep that hood on and not let him see where we are and where we're going and who we are. And I think we should be ready to knock him out again at a moment's notice. Yeah. I'd also, I'm going to, I'm going to take his clothes off and I'm going to dress him in one of my spare sets of clothes just because I don't, I do not want him dressed nicely and recognizable. You've done this before, haven't you? <laughs> I am a bounty hunter. I have done this before. Hmm. Well, I guess it's good that we have you with us. I mean, it, it's always been good that we've had you with us, but uh, I, I'm completely lost. Usually with prisoners, especially high ranking ones, they, they get sent to a camp and then uh, traded for other high-profile prisoners, in my experience. Ransom was the uh, order of the day when I was at war. Well, <laughs> my profession isn't much different than that. I take people, make them prisoners, and then I get paid. And I don't really know what happens to them after that. Quick, a quick, uh, quick uh, history note. Uh, back in the day with the knights in their armor and their... Um their surcoats they would actually sometimes like put on like their surcoats like um i am such and such of the house such and such my family's really wealthy uh you know like i am worth this much money basically uh so that if they were in a war they wouldn't necessarily get killed they were more likely to get captured so they could get ransomed back to their family for a big reward pretty cool so Roos will start working on getting him undressed and then redressed into a spare set of clothes that basically my clothes. I'm just going to stuff him into him if he's if he's bigger than me. And Roos is a shorter guy, so that that will probably be the case. How tall is Roos? Roos is only five, seven, if I'm not mistaken. Let me pull. Yeah. Up. They'll fit. They'll fit fine. I mean, Ramsey's not big. He's probably five, seven, five, eight. OK, so Roos is stuffing Ramsey into a spare set of clothing. Um, what's there? What now, Roos? Uh, you guys know that this guy Ramsey is not gonna wake up until you guys wake him up, or you guys can wait a few hours for him to finally wake up. But um, uh, up until the up until the point that either you wait long enough, uh, or you actually wake him up on your own with some slaps or with a healing spell or something. As a side note, Roos will have his scarf of uh, comprehend languages, um, activated. Just in case. Perfect. I say we set him here in the middle of the room and we close any doors so that he doesn't get a, a feel for what's beyond this room. That sounds good to me. So Pine will close the... So we're back in the room with the glowing floor tiles, so Pine will go and try to close the door um, on the west side of that room. Okay. I believe that one was actually locked originally. Um, and uh, and uh, uh, Gigi actually unlocked it with her tongue. Mm -hmm. if, if I recall correctly, I think that was the only like actually locked door. Yeah, yeah, that was. Okay. Yeah, so you actually figure out the mechanism on the other side. It's fairly simple, but also very, um, it's beautiful in its simplicity. It's very, it's almost a work of art itself, just like these doors. Um, yeah, Ramsey is laying now in the center of this room, surrounded by the uh, eight colors of... The crystal you know, spectrum. The crystal spectrum, I dig it. Yeah, that's solid. It's canon. <laughs> it's canon now. All right. Now, did, did, Ebby, did you take the crystals? You did take the crystals, right? Yes. Did you put them in the other statue or did you pocket them? Uh, I just have them on my person. I've just kind of okay. pocketed them for now. Okay. Well, are we ready to wake him more or, or should we discuss some more before we do that? I still don't like that we're going to keep him alive, but 
we can do it for now until until my sister gets here or wherever we take him to meet her okay well i'll i'll be i'll be ready to to put him back out if if need be and pine i trust your abilities to communicate with him officer to officer better than perhaps anyone else um and so perhaps you would be performing the questioning is that correct oh i don't know about that <laughs> it seems like Roos is maybe more suited to this as he's has experience maybe we just round robin it <laughs> uh i've actually never asked questions of the people that i capture they talk a lot but it's easier if i just take them with me and ignore them so this is mm. a first for me well then i guess it's new territory for all of us <laughs> Sounds like it. Well, that being the case, good luck, friend. And Ebby's going to pat um, Pine on the shoulder and give him a blessing of nature so he gets a plus D4 on his next skill check. Okay. Perfect. All right. Let's and surround him. Are we waking him up now? <laughs> Ebby's going to kind of hide over in the shadows of this <laughs> alcove, actually over to the um, to the east. Okay. And and Jordan, thank you so much for volunteering me to ask these important questions. Ebby <laughs> <laughs> has terrible charisma, just so you know. Oh, I guess, yeah, Pine does have good charisma. So. Yeah, Roos has bad charisma, too. Yeah, so does Nari. The way we're going to do this as he wakes up and as you guys are asking questions, um, the um, basically, if you guys want to do any kind of check to determine whether or not he's lying, we're going to do the group insight checks um so one person rolls with advantage okay okay just to kind of keep it simple and to have like a just to have kind of a straightforward of a uh, uh, way of keeping track of things okay he is laying there unconscious in uh Roos's clothing uh, a vest with no sleeves i think is kind of <laughs> Roos's style but yeah. like, a, like a sweater vest and no shirt underneath yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yes. He he thinks he's really fashionable, by the way. Well, and you know what, Roos might might very well be fashionable in other places, but but it's definitely not the the fashion of Arkelvy or especially Tabery. I would assume. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that mustache will look great on you if you live on the other side of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm I'm waiting for you guys to make your moves. Who's making? Who's waking him? How do we wake him? Just like shake him? Can we do that? You can shake him or slap him or whatever, okay. or you can heal him. You can give him a, a healing. No way. We want him to have one hit point. <laughs> okay. Bruce okay. will pat him on the cheek. All right. Okay. You 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 pat him a couple times. He doesn't move. Then you kind of sl- just one big whoosh, slap, and he huh huh huh, and his eyes kind of he kind of groggily opens his eyes. Oh, you guys can't see. He's got the mask on. He kind of, yep. you see him starting to kind of groggily move his head around in the burlap sack. And then he kind of says, where, where, oh, oh, yes. And then he's quiet. What did you hope to find here? Actually, that's not a good first question. Ugh. That's a good first question. You guys can feed me questions and I will repeat them with my intimidation score. <laughs> 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 How did you find this place? You seem to recognize it. What is the purpose of this place? Who 
Who am I speaking with? You're speaking with me. The Inquisitor. Well, Inquisitor, it doesn't take a genius or a historian to recognize ancient crystal tech when you see it. I was merely infatuated with the design down here. Tell me, Inquisitor, what do you mean to do with me? You, you must know who I am. You must know who I work for. Who owes me allegiance. You must know all of this. Yes, that I do. But that doesn't matter here. Your life is in our hands. We're asking you questions. What did you hope to find here? Well, the, the secrets of the ancients. Isn't that, isn't that what we're looking for in these old ancient ruins? Roos shakes his head and calls bullshit. Why don't you make an insight check? I mean, if, you, if you were just saying it is, you don't even care about the insight check. You can... Roos got a 21 on his insight. Okay. Uh, you can tell he's being cagey. And not only can you tell he's being cagey, you can tell he is, in, he is wearing your clothes. He is tied up. He has his feet manacled. He has a bag over his head. You can tell he is, he feels like he is in charge. I'm, I'm gonna kind of nudge Pine and say, no, I'm, I'm pretty confident he was here looking for something specific. He had the way he was acting in that other room. He knew what he was looking for and he knew what he found. You hear that? We, we know that you are looking for something specific in here. Now, we hold your life in our hands, and I'm not above executing a prisoner. I'm trying to intimidate him. Okay, why don't you make an intimidation check? That's a 26 plus. Wait, just a second. Just a second. I got to add a oh d4. Boop. That's a 29. Yes. So 20 plus 6 plus 3. What? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's a, yeah, that's a natural 20. Let's see how well he does. Okay. Um, he does not beat that. Okay. His, his mannerisms don't change, but his approach to response, responding to you changes. And um, with your insight that you had before, Roos, you can tell that um, he's not feeling as confident as he was. But he says, you're... You're aware of what I was looking for. I saw it. I saw it in that deacon's hands. Why, why could I not control that deacon? Okay, I'm going to kind of, I mean, I know he can't see me, but I'm going to kind of step forward a little bit and say, perhaps the greater question, how were you able to control the others? Ah, is, is that you, deacon? I can tell by the resonance of your voice. Tell me, where did you come from? How are you different? And then he says something that he's saying this to Ebby. Ebby, you do not understand it. 
Roos, you do understand it. The language that he speaks, you under you don't know what language it is, Roos, but you hear him say, How is it that you're awake? So Roos doesn't know when I, I would imagine that he wouldn't know when he's hearing something he doesn't understand and when he's hearing something that's like I think it I think you would. Would I you? I think you would. Okay. I would okay. I would say that you you hear the words. It's kind of like when you hear like um uh imagine that you are in Lothlorien and you are hearing the Lady Galadriel talk to you or talk to somebody and then she's talking to Frodo in his mind. It's kind of like gotcha. that. Okay. You know? Ring bearer. Yeah. <laughs> you who have seen the eye. <laughs> That's right. Okay. okay. So since since I do um catch that it's in a different language, I'll translate um for everybody. Um, oh gosh, I feel like I'm I'm trying to think of some sort of a response there. It's okay if you're befuddled. You're yeah. you're trying to figure this whole thing out. Yeah, you get the impression that he knows more than you do. He, yeah, I think that is certainly clear. I will tell you, I'll make a deal with you. You seem like the type of individual who would appreciate such an arrangement. I will tell you a piece of information regarding myself. If you will tell me a piece of information or answer a question of mine. Uh, quid pro quo. Is that what it's called? The quid pro quo? I, qu pro quo. I always yes. think of Austin Powers where he's like, quid pro quo, Mr. Powers. He's like, yes, squid row dough or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. A, a quid. Uh, yes. Quid pro quo. Tit for tat. Yes. Tit for tat. I, I will answer your question. First off, what do you know of this facility? No, first off, you answer my question. How is it that you are awake? You, you, you get the impression he's trying to gain back some of his power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Roos, Roos will lean forward and place the tip of his dagger against the back of... of uh, Ramsey's throat and say you get to answer first this place this place what do I know of it I know it's ancient I know there is tech down here that and he stops and he thinks of how to phrase this and he says that the world has not seen for a very very long time and I know that you know of what tech I am speaking of. Because, Deacon, I saw it in your arms. I think he's referring to your polished crod. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been admiring my rod? <laughs> your what? A what? Huh? <laughs> I always think of that Simpsons episode where they're like, look at that inanimate rod. Yay! Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they throw a, that's one where they throw a parade for the rod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Okay. Very well. If I may be frank with you, Chancellor, it seemed that you had been searching for this place. Am I correct in that assumption? I answered one of your questions. You still have not answered mine. 
How is it that you are awake? Very well. Someone woke me. Who? And how? I've answered one of your questions, now answer me another. The object that I carry, what do you know of its function? It's at the end of 375. <laughs> 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 for 20 minutes. <laughs> it's 425, Scott. It's, Come on. it's 375 if it's a stuffed crust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We always get the stuffed crust. Oh, we always get the cheesy bread on the side. Oh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. So what was that question again? <laughs> what do I know? What does he know of its function? Yeah. Um, I know. I know what I think it does. And I know it's more important than you probably realize. There, I answered. I don't think that answers the question. That does not answer his question. I answered the question. That's a question I answered. I couldn't begin to explain. He said, what do you know, not do you know? I answered the question as well as I can for your childish minds. Now answer me mine. Who woke you and how? I can, I will be honest with you, I do not know how I was awoken, but I could provide you a name. Please, that would be very agreeable. Very well. This individual referred to himself as Liam. Make a deception check. Okay. <laughs> Pine Pine scratches his head and he's like, I thought he was always called by Neil. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, every roll to 13. All right. When you said Liam, I'm like, oh crap, Jordan forgot the name. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um uh Chancellor Ramsey, uh, he rolled a natural 19 uh for his insight. And he says, okay, we can call him Liam. Your next question. You spoke in a language a moment ago. What, what language was that? It was a language, a language long past. An ancient language, read only in books and tomes now. A dead language. But every once in a while, you might find writings, find monuments with inscriptions. What's the name of this language? Who is carrying the book that we found from the other room? Ebby still has that. Okay. A thought occurred to me the other day, by the way, guys. Um, that is a uh, that that's a book that we found in a in a in a room full of like crystals, and that's like a crystal shield, and. Uh, uh, is that the Crystal Codex? That's <laughs> <laughs> a that's a good that's a good question. Yeah, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it okay. So he says uh, it is called the language is Allele, and it's dead. 
No one speaks it anymore. Except for you. Except for me. And apparently the deacons. He didn't respond to that. Okay. Russell will kind of lean close to him and say, do you know what that apparatus in the other room does? Or how to operate it? The the metal platform? Yeah. Uh, the metal platform was a some kind of a stasis field. It protected what was ever whatever was on it. It's it's dormant now. But I'm sure you figured that out. So, well, of course. Um <laughs> <laughs> totally yes yeah. yes it's same. doormat yep it's doormat uh-huh. uh, yeah same 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 uh, <laughs> so this disc that we found yes this do you know what it does the the, the disc yes the disc i i do i do know what it does curses you asked a yes or no question <laughs> <laughs> open-ended people open-ended sorry sorry uh, like i said i'm new to this interrogation thing <laughs> oh my god he uh he says my turn what do you plan to do with me that remains to be seen i wanted to kill you that's true he did and i think he still does i do i still do I'm starting to lean that way as well. Are you, are you fallen heaven? We're fallen heaven adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> children, children messing with things that they can't even begin to understand. How old does this guy look? Um, sixties, late fifties, early sixties. He's got okay. like, he's he's not attractive, but he's not ugly. I was going to say Silver Fox, but he's not an attractive man. He's just an older, thin man. Okay, so not so much a Silver Fox, but like maybe like a Silver Possum. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Uh, a Silver uh, silver Cocker Spaniel. I don't know something. <laughs> Sorry to any Cocker Spaniel owners out there. Cocker yeah, Spaniels yeah. are great. <laughs> so when he, when he calls us children, Pine will just psh, whippersnapper. <laughs> oh. so you you have clearly made it a point of of insinuating that we don't understand what's happening here and in full honesty there is a fair amount that we do not understand he laughs at that <laughs> clearly but if if you are correct if the stance that you and the Empire have taken is the correct way to view history, then enlighten us. Help us see it from your perspective. You want me to preach? I'll preach. If you can. Oh, I can preach. Some things in this world are inevitable. Some things will happen. Some things should have already happened that have not. But the inevitable will happen. And I'm here to see that it does. 
I mean, if it's if it's gonna happen, then you you wouldn't have to be here to see what it does. She raises a good point. Touche, I but think. All right. <laughs> Children. Children. Okay, with that, Pine's gonna just hit club him over the back of the head with the hilt of his sword. <laughs> We've goes. lost control of this. Like we'd never had control. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God I did not like him. I think that's fine. <laughs> oh, he I was think... my favorite character to role play. You guys didn't like him? No, he was. <laughs> I, I, role playing with him was fun, but. Oh no! I just I wanted to punch him the whole time. <laughs> well, and that's well good. Then I did a good job. Yeah, you did. You did a great job. Um, I think with him now safely unconscious, um, I'm, Abby's going to turn to the rest and say. When I spoke with Kira, she asked me a question. Um, I told her that I was known as a deacon, and she told me that she had heard that there were deacons and a sleeping bishop. Is it possible that he might be the sleeping bishop? Well, that's quite possible. Or it could also be the, 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 the large one that we defeated in here earlier. That could have been a sleeping bishop. Who knows? But he might, actually. We yeah. should ask him. Yeah, that's... Let's wake him back up. <laughs> <laughs> it might have something to do with this this disc if maybe maybe it's a tool that they could use to wake up the bishop. That thought is terrifying for some reason. It almost sounds like they don't want to wake you guys up. He was he he was surprised that you were awake. Maybe they're able to control the the bishop when he's sleeping as well. Interesting. That is a very clever thought. Perhaps that's how the Empire exerts their control, is that they are able to suppress something about us. And somehow I was able to break through that and escape. I think there's more and more evidence as well for your true age being much older than we originally thought. What, are we going to start bonking any deacon we find with that disc to see if it does something? I mean, we could. (laughs) (laughs) Was that that a serious question? Because maybe... I think it would be a great idea to maybe try to capture the next deacon we see if we can. I just imagine you guys playing disc golf and hurling that thing at people. (laughs) Well, whatever the case, I feel, and I must, I think I must reiterate this, that the deacons appear to be victims in all of this. And Ebby, I feel like maybe our path lies in the Empire, seeking a way to free your people. I was going to say, I I think you may be right. Obviously, that's been on my mind almost since the day I escaped. And since Neum kind of tasked me with the goal of awakening my brethren. I feel like we need more information about the ancient technology and about this ancient civilization. Perhaps there's a city or a university or some place where we can find scholars who are more versed in it, who perhaps are a little bit more open to sharing their knowledge. That was exactly what I was about to say. We can't go searching to save any deacons until we can read what's in that book that you have. So we can understand this technology and find some way to reverse it. I imagine we have someone here who could read this book, but it's not knowledge I'd want him to have access to. Agreed. Maybe someone in fallen heaven will be able to help us. 
I'm wondering if Fallen Heaven might be a little bit more skilled at getting quite, uh, answers to their questions than we are. <laughs> yeah, we're all a little bit out of our element here. You guys all have pointy objects. Nobody's used them yet. I, I did. I hit him with the, the handle of it. I, I used mine too. I poked his neck with my dagger. I like that you answered me as Pine. That's great. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I intimidated the heck out of him. No, you did. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Did you want to just... wake him up and ask him about a sleeping bishop? I say, yeah, let's get, let's get a, a few questions ready in our pocket before we wake him back up. Well, we should ask him about the sleeping bishop. What other questions do we have for him before we wake him back up? Well, we need to figure out how he learned that language and get a lead on how we can understand it ourselves or find someone that can read it. We could also p potentially ask what the Empire would be willing to give to have him back. Maybe it might make our motives a little less clear if it feels more like a, a straight-up ransom. Might keep him guessing. That's not a bad idea. I was curious myself if we should be interrogating him about the Empire's plans for Arcovian, the Arcovian province, uh, troop movements or, or strategic plans. Perhaps the whole issue with this air, uh, you know, that we that we've all been searching for. OK, so the language, the air and the bishop. Have we got anything else we want to ask about? Nari, do you have any questions for him? I think I would like to know, like, just what, what he did to the bishops and, and how he was able to control them. Or the deacons when, you, when he blew them up? Or, yeah, the deacons, sorry. <laughs> All those church words, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. How, a question for you all. How do we compel him to tell us these answers to these questions? If we wake him up and he just says no, um, do we threaten him with death? How do we... I'm a little new to this whole interrogation thing. I have to admit, I'm not comfortable with torture. I can kill him. Well, I'm, we, don't want, we want to get answers. You don't want to kill him? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I don't... I mean, I guess I could hurt him a little bit, but he's he's already very close to dead. I, I'd be worried if I did anything, it might just kill him. <laughs> <laughs> If he was more secure, we could maybe heal him a little bit, and then we would have a little more wiggle room if we were able to make sure he wasn't a threat. So you're saying heal him and then stab him and then heal him all over again? Well, not quite like that, but <laughs> heal him so he's not at the brink of death and then, you know, peel off a toenail or two. Oh, <laughs> oh this is taking a turn. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what have we learned from him so far? We've learned that there is a, a language, an ancient language, we want to know a little bit more about it so we can read the book that Ebby has. We have evidence that Ebby is potentially much older than we originally thought. Um, we know that the crystal pizza shield is mysterious and important it was being uh, preserved it sounded like it was a tool of some sort correct yes it was being preserved and and, and held in what do you say stasis or yes maybe we could find out where the um where they're processing the new deacons that's a good idea if there's any if there's any laboratory nearby 
where they're working on Deacons. We could find out its location. Start whapping them with this disc. See if anything happens. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's the only hey. thing I can think of. Ebby, let me try that. And, and <laughs> Pine, Pine wants to just... Give Ebby a nice little bonk with the crystal shield. <laughs> How much Go damage are you willing to deal? Please, <laughs> oh, no, please just... don't turn red. Please don't turn red. Just a, just a nice little pink. Oh, that... Nothing happens. How'd that feel? Feel like that? <laughs> <laughs> kind of hurt a little bit, I think. Oh, my God. Uh... <sighs> oh. Okay. So, questions. We are ready to wake him. Yeah, but I, I'd say we can't keep waking him and knocking him out again. This has got to be our last our last shot at this. And then, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty tired after all the fighting and, and traveling. Might be time for a little bit of a rest. Yeah, some of you guys have exhaustion from the fireball. Oh, that's true. I should have been rolling with disadvantage. My intimidate should have been with disadvantage. Well, we'll say it had advantage because you guys are all doing it, and so it was just a, a, a straight roll. Okay. Yeah, so it's all good. We'll say that, yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? We, we missed it, but we all we can do is go forward. I'm not going to go back and wreck on... Oh, by the way, he didn't say anything to you. He said, screw you guys. He even gave you the bird. And then we stabbed him. <laughs> uh, Forget okay. everything you learned from him. Okay. <laughs> it's like right. when you're on a jury and they're like dismiss that evidence don't think about it <laughs> remember when the guy got up and said i did it i did it you you know uh, don't listen to that you know forget all that okay <laughs> you guys gonna wake him up again pine will slap him across the face all right he kind of oh oh Lord. how are you feeling now oh my head Oh, if you want information, you've got to be careful. You're going to, you're going to knock me silly. You're not going to be able to get anything out of me. I'm just trying to knock that tongue loose of yours. Mm. Yes. Uh, you can tell he sounds a little different this time. A little bit more, maybe exhausted. Yes. What is it? What is it you want this time? Well, first off, we want some actual answers. No more dancing around. As Pine is talking, Roos will pull out his dagger and grip one of Ramsey's feet and okay. hold the dagger up to his toes. As Pine says, dance around, he actually starts wiggling his feet jokingly and then you grab his foot and he stops. So I'm just, I'm just holding the dagger against his pinky toe. Mm -hmm. That's just, yeah, like the, the blade kind of in between his pinky toe and the one next to it. I keep oh, pushing gosh. into. Not, I'm not trying to cut him. I'm no, just holding I know. it there. I get it. I get oh, it. Sympathy I hear pain. you need those for yep. balance. <laughs> All right. Question the first. What is a sleeping bishop? <laughs> a sleeping bishop? He kind of, uh, he... He nods his head kind of in the direction where he assumes Ebby is, which is actually pretty accurate. Um, and he says, a sleeping bishop is a, a deacon, but a, a bigger one, a more powerful one. And uh, he's sleeping because, well, frankly, he doesn't have enough power to stay turned on like these other ones do. We, 
we wake him up when we need him. Is that where this disc comes in? The di- the disc? Um, oh, actually, let me make a check for him. He's got disadvantage. So he's going to do a check. How did he roll? Ooh. Roos, you still have your scarf up. You hear him in the other language say, the key? And then he shakes his head and he says, the disc in Almerian, where all of you can understand. He says, the disc? No. The disc the disc has nothing to do with the beacons. Roos will push the dagger into the toe a little bit. Not to draw blood, just to okay. apply pressure and say, what does the key unlock? Pine looks confused at that. Yes. <laughs> Um, why don't you make an intimidation check? I'm not very good at that. <laughs> we'll say because you're all there, you can do it with oh. advantage. But I don't think you need to. I rolled an 18. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Plus roll zero. Roll again. You so... might get a natural 20. <laughs> okay. So you rolled uh, an 18 intimidation. He's like, fine. The, the key. The key is... It opens the doorway to inevitability. Again, I said, don't dance around the answers. That is the answer. Opens the doorway to inevitability. I just, that door must be so big. (laughs) It says, kill me. Just kill me. What exactly is inevitable? What is inevitable? That is a very loaded question like what is going to happen specifically specifically well you will die and he kind of nods his head towards where he assumes Roos is he says you will die and he nods towards pine he says you will die and he nods towards um where ebby should be and he says you you and then he stops talking. He seems like he's at a loss for words. Well, that was fun. We have more <laughs> questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. It's inevitable. It's inevitable that I will win. And you will lose. That is inevitable. Uh Roos interrupts uh, Ramsey speaking and applies more pressure with his knife until his his toe starts starts bleeding. Okay. What else do you want to know? The inevitable is the inevitable. It will happen. It will happen whether you think you're doing any good. It doesn't matter. You may delay the inevitable, but it will come. Where are you processing the deacons? Where do they come from? He kind of moves his head around, like as in to take in this room. He says, in ancient vaults, not too dissimilar to this. Right, they come from here, sure. We've gathered that already. But what the Empire does to them, where do you do that? Uh, There's a facility in the mountains to the south. Would this sound familiar to what Ebby has described where he came from? This, yeah, this. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was kind of south and to the west is where. Yeah, south and west. Yeah, that sounds right. 
what, what you know now would be the Almar province, which is kind of the first back before it was an empire. The Almar province was its own country and it was not called Almar. It had a different name um, that I can look up at some point, but um, um, yes. Yeah, so it was, it was in the mountains. So it's still in the glass mountains, the glass mountains, they kind of run um, from the Southwest up towards the Northeast, which is kind of where Arkelvy, Arkelvy is kind of at the point. If, if we take the mountains and we make them into a V and set them on their side, you know, like a, like a, a greater than symbol, Arkelvy is at the point of the greater than symbol. So if you follow the arm that goes Southwest, um, the facility was down that way in the Almar province. Okay. I don't, I don't have any more questions for him. I think I'm ready for fallen heaven to tell us what they want with him. The last thing we want to know is how did you learn this language and how can someone else learn it? How did I learn Alil? And then he switches to a different language and he says something that only Rus understands. And you understand that it is not a language that you normally speak. And it says the same way I know this language. And then he switches to another language. He says, or this language. Then he switches to Menorese, which now Pine, you can understand, or this language. And then he goes back to Almerian and he says, I'm smarter than you. You might be smarter than me, but we're the ones that have you manacled in scrubby old clothes with a sack over your head. There is one more thing that's inevitable. Yeah. No matter what you do to me today, or who you hand me off to, or what tortures are put upon my body, I will see you again. I think I'd like that. Maybe I'll speak that. I'll I'm not even going to try and say it. Maybe I'll speak that language the next time we meet. Quick question. Roos, are you still there with your knife kind of near his feet to yeah. his toes? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to run up and kick the back of your hand so the knife goes right into his foot. Oh, oh he lets out a curse. Ah, and you deal damage and he and he uh, blacks out. <laughs> okay, guys, I almost cut his toe off. I, I'm feeling a little nervous. <laughs> All right. As you guys are kind of coming down off of this whole questioning thing, uh, Nari, suddenly the cell stone starts to buzz in your hand and you get this message in your brain uh, from Kira. You can hear oh, it almost as, if, <laughs> almost as if it's in your ear. And what she says is, let me go back to this other. I need to look at my map. Um, what she says is, the air will have to wait. This is too good to pass up. Leave the mountains. Head to Westfell Lake. We'll meet there. And then the message ends. Um, we will bring the chancellor to you. We will head out tonight or tomorrow over and out. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> hey, real quick, real XOXO. quick. XOXO. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast yet, but my son, he has to do recordings for his online classes. Um, and uh, he's in he's in kindergarten and he'll do like his um, 
clouds, you have rain, rain is precipitation. I love you, I love you, I love you. And he'll close out all his recordings by telling his teacher that he loves her. Oh, I thought that was cute. So Diane is also in kindergarten. She does the same thing, well, a similar thing where she's like, on each assignment, she draws a picture for the teacher. Oh, that's great. Nice. That's great. Oh, remote learning. We have cute kids, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My my kids are also cute in certain ways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So fantastic. So now you guys have a place to go. Are you going to relay that to everybody else then, Nari? Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm going to convey that message. And okay. we've got to get out of the mountains and go to this lake. So she says Westfell Lake. And uh, Bruce, you know where Westfell Lake is. If you look at a map of Arkelvy province, um, the river that kind of gums down the long river, it's called the Long River that runs right to the south of um, of Tabory. It leads, it it continues uh, southeast into a lake and that's called Westfell Lake. Okay. So it's, it's kind of hard to miss if you just follow the river. In fact, there's actually a lot of river traffic um, that kind of uses that pathway from Tabory. Um, things like logs coming down the river for from like a mill or like fishermen coming up and down, you know, trading their, you know, selling their fish or like wares coming up from um, from the Sapphire Sea, they come up the river. So there's, it's a fairly, the, the lake itself is not heavily populated, but you do see like vessels on the lake quite often. Okay. I'll relate okay. to the group where it is in relation to us and kind of the time it might take us to get there. From where you're at currently to get to the North shore of Westfell Lake will take you about four days of travel. So do we have to go near Tabry? You don't have to. Um, you can take a different path out of the mountains if you want to, or cut across through forests and stuff. But you're, I mean, close to Tabry. You're relatively close to Tabry right now. You know what I mean? But um, you can kind of try to get around it. If you want to take a little extra time, um, you can go um, east kind of to give yourself a little bit more room to get around Tabry. The only concern is if you do that, you might run into some of the Imperial forces that are that might still be up here. Oh, yeah. um, if you go west, you're going to add a lot more time because then you're going around the other side of Tabory. And so that's going to be more like eight days to get there. Just depends on what you want to do. So either four days going down through Tabory, six days if you go to the east, and then eight days if you go to the west, if that makes any sense at all. Can you call her back and just have her meet us here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is really inconvenient for me. Well, and there's no power left in that cell stone. Not till dawn. We need to find a way to, to transport him. I, I, I wouldn't be um, comfortable with him walking under his own power. Yeah, well, he'll follow us. We just got to tie a rope around his neck and just pull him along. People don't ask too many questions. I just show them a sign of who I am and they'll let us through. But we got to avoid main roads. Exactly. Were there any chests in the other room that were still somewhat intact we could just stuff him in? Uh, not really. It's it's all really old. Um, like, any wood is really old and very, very delicate. Okay. I'm also not sure. Chest with, like, holes and... What, they're for breathing? 
Well, people breathing and, and pissing out of it. I don't know how well we could hide someone there if they didn't want to be hidden. I think Bruce's way might be a little bit more straightforward. Yeah, we'll we'll have to gag him too. And uh, the only other thing I could think of, he's missing an arm, so it won't work. I was going to say we could hog tie him and hang him off of a pole or something and have two of us carry it. But um, no, we're just going to have to pull him along with us. Is there a way we can disguise the fact that he's missing an arm? Um, I don't know, by putting like a big jacket on him or something so he's less recognizable? Like a big cloak or something? Yeah. yeah. I've got I've got my fur that I use whenever I transform into a wolf shape. I could pull that out and we could drape him in the furs. Perfect. Boots with the fur. With the fur. <laughs> Okay, so um, the boots that he had on are the boots with the fur. And if you look at my notes, it actually says the boots with the fur. <laughs> <laughs> but no apple bottom jeans. Oh, darn. But, well, that's what I put on, on him because I'm wearing apple bottom jeans. So now he wears <laughs> apple bottom jeans. Bruce seems like the type that he might wear apple bottom jeans. <laughs> they go really great with that sweater vest with those shirt underneath. Yes, they do. It's the style somewhere, I promise. <laughs> oh, man, that's so great. All right, so I need to know kind of what you guys are going to do. We, uh, we've we got some traveling to do. Yeah, um, so, so, Ebby. Yes? I'm very concerned about having him walk under his own power, uh, at least the whole time. I'm wondering, could you transform into any kind of carrying animal? I, I've actually been working on something like that. You know, I saw these large elk out in the mountains not too long ago, and I've been trying to think of how I might be able to reconfigure to match their their uh, their size and movement. So I can I can handle roughly about four hours a day in that type of a form, and then I also have a few spells I might be able to use to conjure up some other animals that might be able to haul him for at least another few hours of the day. Well, that would be wonderful, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm yeah, tra- transferring a prisoner with our few numbers and someone who is apparently very powerful in the, in the ways of magic. This is going to be a, an interesting trip, to say the least. We just don't let him sleep, you know? Just keep waking him up so that he can never really get a good rest. Keep him disoriented. But then he'll die. No, 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 no. We'll We'll keep him alive well enough, but... You can you can keep him at a point where his exhaustion doesn't get worse, but it doesn't get better. Yeah, that's that's kind of the idea. It's just kind of keep him disoriented, keep him exhausted, yeah. so that he can't ever really get better. Okay. All right. I will say also that while you guys were having all this, that you basically got a short rest. Um, so one level of exhaustion gone for everybody. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, I think that um, I don't really have anything else to say. I guess we're setting off in the morning. Um, Pine would just like to, uh, if Ebby's willing to share some of those things that he took off of the Chancellor, um, spend some time trying to figure out what, if anything of this is magical with everybody. Okay. Perfect. So we'll do that. Russo will help too. Are you guys just going to camp here then in this facility with the locked doors? I think so. Yeah, I feel good about that. Yeah. Yeah, it seems the safest. All right. Let's see here. So, um, you guys are going to spend some time with some of this equipment. Um, let's see. 
So you guys bed down for the night, kind of, well, it's not really the night, you guys kind of hang out, I guess, because um, it's really, you know, noon, so uh, you hang out and rest and um, and spend some time with this other equipment. You find in the satchel that you grabbed, Pine, you find that there is a spell book in it. You assume it's a spell book. It's full of pages of weird arcane symbols and things. Um, uh, so the things that I see that would need to be have someone spend time with are there's the spell book, but you already figured that one out pretty easy. Um, there are the boots with the fur. Um, there is uh, that little that little clear crystal that Ebby has, and then there is a, a, a glove, and then also there was um, uh, you, you guys as you're looking through his belongings, you see that the clasp that was holding his cloak on him, that clasp itself, that brooch looks um, looks quite well made. So um, and also that you found the pouch full of uh, full of money, and so inside you actually find two hundred gold pieces and fifty silver. Ooh, wow. Mm. Should we divide that up? Yeah. If you want to. Nice. Okay, so, so that's 50, 50 gold and then math <laughs> to do the silver. It's twelve. Two people get 12 and two people get 13 silver. I can take 12. I'll take 12. Yeah, I, I guess I'll only take 12. <laughs> <laughs> and Nari gets 14. Or... Nari gets 14 on top of the diamonds she already got. I know, right? <laughs> All right. All right, so you guys spend some time with some of this equipment. Um, uh, whoever has the glove that he was wearing, uh, it turns out that's actually, it's not magical per se, um, but some of that gold stitching on his glove, it's actually his arcane focus. Um, gotcha. So that glove was his arcane focus. Um, as uh, Who's got the boots? I think, I think I had pulled them off. Okay, so are you going to be spending time with those? Uh yeah, because you also have the um the little crystal thing too. I can check out the boots. Yeah, why don't you take on the boots then, Nari? Okay. Nice. I'll take on the uh I'll take on the brooch then. Okay. All right. So the boots, um, as you spend some time with them, you try them on and everything. You you um you Nari, you're already kind of uh, you already have some resistance to like uh feeling cold. Um, but these boots make it even better. These are actually, these boots with the fur are the the boots of the Winterlands. So they give you, I think they give you um, resistance to cold damage. And then also you are, um, you're like up to negative 50 degrees. Um, you're fine. Um, they do take a um, one of your slots for um, attunement. Okay. Okay. Okay, cool. Who's got the brooch? Uh, pine. Pine, the brooch, as you're looking at it, the brooch is actually in the shape of a small shield um, with like, it's got like a silver uh, border on it, like a heater shield. And then the inside is uh, blue. And it's actually, as you uh, you attune to it as well, um, you now have a brooch of shielding, which is uh, means that you have resistance to force damage and magic missile does not work against you. Okay. Um, and then... Um, Ebby, you have the Ion Stone, which <laughs> I just realized this isn't going to do you any good. Um, it's the Ion Stone of Sustenance. So basically, while you've got it, <laughs> so it glows and gives off a little bit of light, um, and you can actually, I'm tweaking it a little bit, you can make it work as the light spell if you want it to, but it just floats around your head, um, but it also means that you don't have to eat. Well, this appears to be broken, so... Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you attune to it, it starts floating around your head. Oh, it's an ion stone of light. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I think I think that um we've all kind of we we can divvy these back up after we know what they do. Yeah, and I'm sure we can find because I like to eat, so um I'm sure we can find someone that'll buy it off of us. My my teeth hurt. My gums are very weak at this point. That's true. If, if that's something you're interested in. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So then you just hang out here and you guys are gonna like take turns sleeping and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who wants the who wants the brooch of shielding? Resistance to force damage. Magic missiles can't hit you. <laughs> uh, force damage is like Eldritch Blast. They deal force damage as well. Mm-hmm. If you don't want it, I'll take it, but I don't need it. I don't feel like I didn't grab anything because I don't know. I'm good. Would you like the ion stone? So just that now I don't have to eat? <laughs> you don't have to eat? Okay, because we really paid attention to that a lot in this game already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that next time you go to the inn, it's like, hey, what are you going to have to do? No, thanks. I'm I'm stuffed <laughs> all the time. That sounds like a miserable existence. <laughs> what about our donuts and Papa Murphy? Right? Oh, man. I know, seriously. <laughs> oh, God. We'll hold on to that. Yeah, we'll hold on to that. Okay. <laughs> so I guess I'll take the brooch if that's cool with everybody. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Go for it. You're you're more frontline than me anyway, so. All right. Um so you guys uh kind of bed down, hang out. Um uh Ramsey is breathing, but he is out. Um it's going to take him hours. So as you guys are resting, um a couple things are going to happen. Um Nari, Nari, you are tired. You know, you've You've been, uh, you pushed it really hard the day before, and then you got knocked unconscious by that huge fireball that uh, blasted you a couple hours ago. And as you are sitting there recovering, you you drift and you fall asleep. Um, Nari, as you're sleeping, you you dream. Um, your dream is very familiar. Uh, it's actually, you look around, you see. You see the trees are tall and green, evergreens. You see the mountains in the distance. You see streams and rivers, and you see snow on all the mountaintops. And you know right where you are. You are home. You are in the Stormfist Valley, if you will, uh, the the ancestral home of of the Stormfist family. Um, you get the sensation that you are you're there, but you're not there. Does that make sense? Like in your dream, you're watching it as a, not as a participant, but as an observer. Um, You see, yeah, you see that this is the area where normally um, in the wintertime, you'd move down to this area. And as you look around, you see log, um, like long hauls, like kind of like Viking long hauls. um, And you see other, other buildings and they are empty. They are unused. They are, um, vacant and they they look like they have not been kept up and not just recent like they have not been kept up for for a couple of years they've gone through a couple of seasons weeds are growing off of turf roofs and um doors are slightly askew windows are are uh, uh covered in grime and you know that your family let alone the rest of your clan wouldn't let this slide that nobody in your clan has been here for a very long time 
And suddenly, as you think that, your vision flies up the mountain. You go north um, through the valley up onto the, the peak of this mountain where normally, well, not the peak, but up into the, the like the, the uh, I don't know my mountain terminology, the saddle or something. I don't know. But up the slope of the mountain and you're in the snow. The trees are becoming more and more sparse. You're, you are almost at the timberline and you see these log homes that are more of a summer dwelling for your family. Uh, where you might scratch out a living trying to collect ore or um, gems or hunting the game that likes to live up here, the goats and the, the other um, wild animals up here, you know, hunting the furs, that kind of thing. Um, and you see, you see people, you see your family, you see your clan, you see them moving around, you see tall, strong, broad people, you see... Um, they are cold. They are bundled up. You see that up against the slope of the mountain, you see um, what looks, you've spent a lot of time up here. Um, you know, it's been years since you've been up here, but you see something new on the slope of the mountain. You see a cave, a cave that was not there before. Um, as you are watching the scene, suddenly the ground shakes and there is a slight tremor. Not like a big, huge earthquake, but just the ground moves just a little bit. And you see your clan continue on. They they feel it. You can tell that they feel it. They react to it, but they don't react like, oh my goodness, what was that? It's like this has become a common occurrence. And as you are watching, you glance back up at the cave entrance and you see, it's almost like that clarity that comes with sleep and with dreams. That opening is just slightly larger than it was a minute ago. And you wake up. And Nari, I need you to make a perception check. Uh, 11. With an 11, you feel your body tingling. You feel like that dream was more than a dream, but you're not sure that it was real. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm a little worried about my family. You know, I've been thinking <laughs> about them a lot. Yeah. And, you know, and so part of you kind of shakes it off. Like maybe, maybe you were just dreaming about your family because, you know, you heard some bad news about them and, or some worrying news about them. Um, and uh, maybe that's what it is. Okay. Um, Ebby. Ebby, as you, as you sit and you are, looking at the different items, you know, you're, you're looking at your companions, you glance over at this unconscious form of Ramsey, and you hear, uh, you hear a voice. Uh, the voice is uh, dreamlike. It's very absent-minded, but it is definitely, it's definitely Neum. And the voice says, inevitability. No matter how hard we try, what steps we take, what curses we inflict upon the world, inevitability. The more I ponder the state we're in, the more I conclude that we cannot change the inevitable, only delay it. Do I get the sense that he's speaking to me or am I just like hearing a, an, an echo, like a memory? 
it seems like he's talking to somebody else, but it is, or maybe to himself, but it is, uh, I mean, you can try talking to him. Neum, what is inevitable? What is this thing that is coming? He pauses for a second. He says, Abby? Yes, that's what you call yourself. You you seem confused. As as do I. As do I. I I can't keep anything straight anymore. Yeah, it's it's a good thing I wrote it all down. Are they in your book? My my book, my my notes. Yes, my notes. Neum, how do you wake the others? I don't know. Ebby, I think, I think you woke up yourself. Goodness, I like don't know what to ask. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He says, inevitability. It's there. My notes. You should find answers. I'll seek out the answers. Will you stay close? I don't think I have a choice. All the same, I appreciate your company. And and I yours. It has been so long. Time and time and time again. And you hear him change. His voice, timber, changes. And he sounds exasperated. And he says, I am well aware of the risks. And there's a pause. A bandage, yes, maybe. But as long as the bandage is left in place, the wounds will stay closed. Another pause. And that is why we hide it. A third pause. Well, if your only argument is inevitability, then I think my case has already been won. We control our destinies, not some higher concept of the inevitable that so many seem to spout off about of late. A pause. Now calmer. The alternative is to do nothing. And I cannot just sit by and do nothing. I can't. And you hear his voice fade away into the background. Damn, you're good, Paul. You're good. <laughs> yeah. We'll stop at that then. I'll take that. All right. Very good. Hey, guys. Awesome. Hey, thank you for joining us. Chapter two started out uh, a little bit heavy. My goodness. Episode 11 in the history books. Awesome. Thanks for playing. Hey, if you like what you heard, tweet about us. 12-sided guys. That's one, two-sided guys. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Also, don't forget to check out our Patreon if you're interested. Um, got some more audio up there. We got our wiki up there if you're interested in learning more about kind of my notes, how I put things together. But until next week, have a great time. Uh, I got to stop talking. <laughs> have a great time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly what I did last time, too. That's what you do every time, man. Just have a good time.
Yeah, have a great time, man. Go get yourself a Papa Murphy's pizza. They don't sponsor us. Maybe someday they will. All right. Okay, until next time, have a good night. Bye, guys. Bye.